Hello and welcome back to the Church Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 2, Episode 296 of this Daily Study Podcast. And before I go any further and say what we're going to study today, I'm very excited to announce that this is another guest study session. Uh, we have a couple of uh, guest studiers with us today. Uh, we have Mark and Chris Stewart with us. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hope you're We're doing excited well. to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as you know, I, I pretty much at the end of every episode ask if anyone's interested in joining to, to get in contact. And so thank you so much for getting in contact and spending some time. Could you just take a couple of minutes just to introduce yourselves to us? Well, I'm Mark Stewart. I live in a little town called Uinta, Utah, between Ogden and Salt Lake. And uh, we have a little farm that we take care of. And we're excited because we're just about through with the harvest season. And I am Chris Stewart, Chris Harrison. George, um, I have ancestry from England, and um, but I've grown up in Utah my whole life. We've both been members of the church our whole life, and um, appreciate living in this little valley. We're halfway between Salt Lake and Ogden area, so um, we've been highly blessed by the church. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I didn't realize you had ancestors from England. We'll have to, uh, we'll have, to have a little discussion and find out a bit more about that. That's exciting. Um, so today, so you guys got in touch by email and it was really easy to set up once we got the time differences right. Um, we, um, it was great because you guys just sent an email and you were interested in a couple of um, things that we are studying this week. And so we set it up on Zoom and, it, and here we are. So thank you for getting in touch. Today we are studying 3rd Nephi 28 verses 1 to 11, which is titled in the manual, As I purify my desires, I become a more faithful disciple. So what I figured we'd do is we start right at the beginning with verse 1. And I'll go ahead and read that for us. It says, And it came to pass, when Jesus had said these words, he spake unto his disciples, one by one, saying unto them, what is it ye desire of me after that I am gone to the Father? Now, something I, would, I just realized before we got onto Zoom is that as I was reading this verse, um, we, we see that phrase again, one by one, uh, which I'd never noticed before in this context. We've obviously seen it before in 3 Nephi 11, when the Savior comes down to the people and they, he allows them to, to feel the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet one by one. And then we've talked about it in the sacraments experience that they had and many other experiences they've had. And here it is once again, that one by one ministering from the Savior. I guess to start to kick things off, what, what does that teach you about the Savior and how he works with, with, with us? Well, that's amazing uh, how personal he is with each individual. Just amazing. Absolutely. I think, I think, I just think it's such an important part of, of understanding how, how we can, how we can minister as well. Um, I want to share a quote by Aldenil A. Maxwell, and I, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on this in terms of the Savior asking the disciples what they desired. Um, Neil A. Maxwell said, quote, the trust level was so high that our resurrected Lord let his disciples ask, and it was given not simply because Jesus knew their thoughts, but because true disciples do not use their fervent faith to ask for anything which is not right. 
if we can achieve a significant milestone in discipleship, we will find that he that asketh in the spirit asketh according to the will of God. Wherefore, it is done even as, even as he asketh. God only shares his power with those who will not abuse it, nor use it to cover their sins, gratify their pride, ambition, or control other men. Close quote. Um, I thought that was a really interesting insight by Elder Maxwell there, that the fact that the Saviour asked the Nephites what they desired showed that he, how much he trusted them. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's like holding the priesthood. Uh, if you receive the priesthood, it's the power of God and Heavenly Father trusts us enough uh, to use his power to further his work here on, on the earth. And uh, based on what we did in the pre-mortal life and what we've done here on earth so far, he, he trusts us that we'll use our priesthood wisely to, to further his work. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, any other thoughts, um, Chris? Um, those who were remaining were the more righteous part of the people who already had lived their life with righteous desires, I suppose. Yeah, that's a really so good point. He, actually, he yeah. trusted them. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think that, you know, it just shows again to just how what level of faith and how, what level of um uh, use of that priesthood in terms of what, what you just said mark as well actually that the savior recognized that their diligence and their faith and so i thought that was really um, important to understand that he wanted to ask them because he trusted them to ask for the right things which then leads us to what they asked for and and how they um you know how they had purified themselves to the point that they were ready to ask the right things and what's interesting is that they asked for different things of course we know that nine of them uh, in verse two, say, we desire that after we have lived unto the age of a man, of man, that our ministry, wherein thou hast called us, may have an end, that we may speedily come unto thee in thy kingdom. And we also know that three of them asked differently, that they asked to, to stay on the earth until the Savior returns again for the second coming. And I just thought that was really fascinating that they all obviously had been purified and, and had the spirit with them so much that they were going to ask what was right, but they all, but they asked different things. Uh, which shows to me kind of really um, how sometimes in life our desires may be different to someone else, but that doesn't mean that they're both wrong. They can be right for whatever part of life we're in. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, usually righteous desires are wanting something for someone else to benefit someone else yeah. in a safe and righteous way. Absolutely. Actually, that's great. That's a really insightful comment because you're right that the nine wanted to work and do the work of the Lord in, the, in their lifetime and, and reach out to as many people as they could, as did the three Nephites as well. Um, so in terms of this idea of purifying our desires, I believe you had an experience to share, uh, Chris. Do you want to share that with us now? Oh, yes. Yes, I would love to. Anyone who has been a parent knows how much you change mm. in having righteous desires for others, especially your children. Um, and we have a daughter uh, um, that has some special needs. And um, 
I found a resource for her when she was a senior in high school. And it was, that resource was occupational therapy. And that helped her immensely. I couldn't believe it. And I was a teacher, so I didn't, I know about this resource earlier. So I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm going to learn all I can about this. And I wanted that knowledge so much so that I could bless my students, help or bless my students, um, like this occupational therapist had helped my daughter. And I thought, there isn't a student in the world who can't benefit from these kinds, this kind of help. So I actually stopped teaching school, went back to school in occupational therapy. Um, finished, I didn't, wasn't able to finish that degree, um, but um, because we became legal guardians of a granddaughter, so I had to make a choice. And, um, but it was a good choice. I found another teaching position where they had an occupational therapist there for just that school versus one per district across the entire nation of the United States. And it was just the perfect job where I could learn what I had used, where I could share what I knew with my students and the benefits were just life-changing for me and for the students in, the, in all of the classrooms. So um, I just, in, in the Come Follow Me manual, when it says um, that question, I'll start it with the question, what is it that you desire of me? <clears throat> I couldn't think of another time when I desired more to help someone than I did my daughter and, and how grateful I was for uh, the life-changing help she was given by this occupational therapist. Anyway, so um, that, was, that was my experience in, in trying to think, oh, what would I ask? And looking at the Nephites, um, what did they want? They wanted their children healed and they brought those children to Christ. So that's the most touching part of the Book of Mormon for me. Amazing, thank you so much for sharing that. I think you're totally right. It's that, that imagine having that invitation to have the savior there in front of you and ask, what do you desire of me? And just having that opportunity. And like you say, just, just the, the love that you had for your daughter and just the impact so that then that the Lord gave you that opportunity to be placed in the right time, the right place to have that experience, uh, to be able to, to learn about the way that you can, that you can see that you can bless her life with that occupational therapy. Um, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is fantastic. Um, I think, I think, I think something brilliant. I think that sometimes we are, we in our lives get very mixed up in the day-to-day -day living, don't we? And we just kind of go with the flow, we go with emotions, but we forget sometimes that we're here to grow, aren't we? We're here to learn. Um, and we need to listen a bit more, I think, don't we? Um, and, and let those desires work in us. Um, did you have any other comments, any other thoughts on that? Yes. I, I think it's uh, interesting that the, the three didn't speak because they probably felt like their desire was kind of a selfish thing to remain on the earth. And so they didn't say anything, but then in verse six, uh, the savior says, I know your thoughts. And uh, that's why we're always told in the scriptures that we're going to be judged not only on what we do, but our words as well as our, our thoughts. But 
the Savior knew that their desires were righteous. And in verse 7, he says, you're more blessed because uh, you shall never taste of, of, of death. And he says, your desire has been to bring souls unto me. And so I will grant that request. And they became translated beings like John the Beloved was in the old world. Absolutely. You know, I think we can't, we don't hide things from the Savior, do we? He knows our thoughts. And um, again, that just really shows me how how he wanted to minister to those Nephites, to give them the, the chance to, to speak up and share their feelings and thoughts of him. Because as you met, as you mentioned, Mark, he, he knew those thoughts. He says that later on in the verses. Um, and I love it how in verse 10, we'll conclude with this verse. In verse 10 of 3 Nephi 28, it says, And for this cause ye shall have fullness of joy, and ye shall sit down in the kingdom of my Father. Yea, your joy shall be full, even as the Father have given me fullness of joy, and ye shall be even as I am, and I am even as the Father, and the Father and I are one. And I just love that verse because it really just rounds off this experience where we learn from these 12 disciples that they're given this chance to ask the Saviour for their desires. They speak and they and they clearly have those desires in the right place and they have the right intentions behind them. And then they see, we see that they will receive fullness of joy. Um, and what great motivator can we have, you know, than to, to, than to be promised a fullness of joy? Um, thank you so much for sharing those, those thoughts and, and those experiences. I think that's really given us a lot to think about. Uh, and we are going to finish the study session there. Is there any other, thought, any other thoughts uh, on, on these passages? I think just by purifying our thoughts, um, that really is how, become, how we become one with Christ. And um, that is how you receive such a fullness of joy. Amazing. Thank you so much. That's excellent. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to finish. Oops, sorry, I'm going to finish with a quote by uh, Evan A. Schmutz, who basically says what you just said, Chris, um, who said, uh, quote, everyone listening today is acquainted with, with some measure of loneliness, despair, grief, pain or sorrow. Without an eye of faith and an understanding of eternal truth, we often find that the misery and, and suffering experienced in mortality can obscure or eclipse the eternal joy of knowing that the great plan of our Father in heaven really is the eternal plan of happiness. There is no other way to receive a fullness of joy, close quote. And as you said, as we purify ourselves, as we work towards having our desires in line with the Savior, um, we can start to experience that fullness of joy. Thank you so much for joining today, um, um, Chris and Mark. It's been a, it's been a joy having you. Um, and, I, and I believe we're going to have you for another, another episode very soon, which is excellent as well. So thanks for joining today. You are very welcome. Yes, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful to join you. Um, as, as Chris and Mark, you can email um, ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode. You can also join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session uh, with Come Follow Me, and you can personal message me on there if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode as well. And uh, all that leads me to say is until we meet again.